Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Champions Week on 101 ESPN's opening drive with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and a huge part of the Cardinals winning in 2011 was the St. Louis and the Hazelwood West product. One of the great guys in St. Louis, Kyle McClellan, who joins us now on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Kyle, I'm glad that we do a morning show because I know afternoons and evenings are taken up by practice for you. So <laughs> I'm glad that you're with us. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Every, everything's terrific. I, I want to start with this because you have your your big event, Brace for Impact 46, and is an amazing philanthropic organization that you uh, and your wife helm here in St. Louis. And in September, you have your big gala, which is one of the best in St. Louis. How can people get involved? Tell us about the the Brace for Impact gala. Yeah, we're uh, we're actually ramping up big time. My wife and I put a ton of work into planning this uh, with our event planner and. Uh, we're working on it heavy right now, but uh, yeah, September 9th at the Four Seasons, and uh, it's I think our fourth one we had during COVID. We had to do one virtually, but uh, our fourth one in person and every year has just been better and better. And really, it's just a night that that we get to really uh, dive deep into the work that we do. Um, we we get to have somebody from the work that we do in North City come and share their story and, and the impact that it's having on their lives. Uh, with their family also try to bring haiti to the people um, through videos and and our doctor from haiti always comes up and is there as well and uh, so it's a great night Uh, last year we raised over five hundred fifty thousand dollars a night which is you know just such a big part of the funding that we do all year for both of our programs so it's a huge night Uh, we've always had a great turnout and always have a lot of celebrities in in the house as well thanks for what you do okay my other uh, first uh, two first questions that one and then uh, 2011 do you often look at your world series ring (laughs) i uh I, I don't often just go look at it, but I, I do when I do, uh, you know, when I have signings or I have things around, I do like to wear it a lot because the fans want to see it, you know, and uh, I do, you know, I especially like um, when kids get the opportunity to see it and because that's what it's about, right? All the kids that are playing baseball or whether it's football, basketball, whatever it is, they all are playing right now with the dream of winning a Super Bowl or winning a World Series. And uh, so just to kind of bring that to reality for people and say, hey, this, you know, it can happen. It, somebody's got to win it every year, right? Why not be you? Why not be on the roster? And why not you be on the, on the winning team? Kyle, does it feel like it's been, what are we, 12 years now? Is, is that mm-hmm. Does it feel like it's been that long since you were on that field winning that championship? 
Yeah, it feels longer, actually. (laughs) (laughs) 12 years actually sounds like, man, that's not too long ago. Uh, I said something. My son had his first football practice yesterday, and I walked out, and he was at my parents' house. I picked him up, and he's all got not full pads, but got his pants on and his helmet and everything. And and I walked out, and I told my mom, I said, man, doesn't that seem like I started running through my head 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. And then my son says, well, how old? I said, no, it was a lot longer than 20 years ago, buddy. So you start losing track of time. But it's uh. It, it seems like a lot longer than 12 years, that's for sure. Kyle, in your opinion, what makes up a championship-style team? Like, if you're putting in the ingredients for the recipe, what makes a championship team? Oh, man. I, so when I first signed with the Cardinals, I went down to Johnson City, and there was a gentleman by the name of George Kissel, who I'm sure a lot of people know, was there. And I remember sitting there going, holy cow, George Kissel is here in Johnson City, Tennessee, you know, it just—it it was kind of wild to me. And as we're, um, he was there for like you know five or six days. They kind of come and go. And we came from behind in a game. And he looked at me. I was sitting on a bench by him. He looked at me and he said, "You know the recipe for a good team?" And I said, "No, but I'd love to hear your thought on it because I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm just been here for a couple of days." And he said, "A good team can always come from behind." And. And I've held on to that for, I mean, I, I've, my daughter's team this year had a great come behind win, and I used that afterwards. Like, hey, good teams can come from behind. They don't, they don't get down. And I mean, obviously, that team in eleven, uh, we were able to come from behind. Um, and uh, and that's just something I've always learned, you know, from George Kissel, one of my first couple days of professional ball. And, and as you watch it, um, it, it it plays out pretty well. I mean, teams that can come from behind are usually, you know, some of your better teams. I can do it consistently or, you know, don't get don't get worried and don't just get behind and give up. Uh, they fight back and they can find ways to win a few games throughout the year coming from behind. Kyle, what happened between August and September that allowed the Cardinals to go on that run in 2011? Man, I wish I knew because I would sell that to a lot of different, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different uh, teams and organizations and general managers, but I just think, you know, obviously everybody points to the meeting, right? Everybody points to the meeting that, that we had with Chris Carpenter. And, 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 and I don't know if it was the meeting or what, but it, it did kind of take the pressure off. I think we were putting so much pressure on after the, de- that the deadline. We made some trades and, you know, it just wasn't working out. And Carp essentially just said, look, guys, like we, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the fans. We owe it to the organization. We owe it to our family. Forget about everything else. Let's just come out and play and let's see what happens. And and I don't know. I mean, you know, we're all major league players. Does a does a team meeting really make a difference? You know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, everybody's out there giving their best every time. I will say, you, there's been probably two times in my entire career where you get on a roll, and there's there's games, and the Cardinals could probably tell you that right now. The current Cardinals, there's games where you look at when there's stretches where you look at and you say, somehow we're going to lose this game. I don't know how, but somehow we're going to lose it. And we had a stretch there where we knew we were going to win. When you walked into the field, it's a great feeling, and it doesn't happen very often. But when we walked in the field in the month of September, I knew we were going to win. And it wasn't going to be Albert Pujols was going to win it for us. It wasn't going to be Chris Carpenter was going to throw a shutout to win it for us. Somebody was going to step up to win, and and it was going to come together. If we gave up four in the first inning, nobody's panicking. Everybody's like, hey, we're going to win. And when you have that belief and that feeling and then it actually happens, man, it's it's tough to beat you at that point. You know, just the pressure's off and you know it's going to happen and you're not pressing. And we had that all the way through the entire postseason. And it's a feeling that I've never had 
uh, outside of that stretch there and and one I'll never forget for sure. Wow. Kyle, I want to go back to that meeting because from my understanding, it wasn't a typical baseball team meeting, right? Carpenter had everybody over to his house. It wasn't in the clubhouse or anything, right? No, it was in the clubhouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was your typical clubhouse meeting, and uh, they might have had another one. I wasn't invited to his house. <laughs> so Carp wasn't uh, Carp wasn't one to if, if if it was at his house. I guarantee you, it was the top dogs, and you had okay. to have about ten years or more to be invited to that meeting to go to his house. But he was also a guy that when he spoke, people listened. Oh, hundred percent. And that's look, people people ask all the time. You know, this year, what, what do you think's going on with the current team? And I said, I don't know, but I know one thing. They don't have a Chris Carpenter in that locker room. Mm. <laughs> and Chris Carpenter was a guy that, uh, you know, you just, when you saw him in the hallway, you tiptoed around him. You know I mean? When he just walked around, there was this, this huge bubble of respect and, um, and accountability. And, you know, you knew he was judging you because maybe, and then you're like, man, did I not, you know, did I not lift hard enough today? You know, he's, he's staring at me and I know he just lifted his butt off. Maybe I need to go back in there and get some more reps in. And, and, and that's just, I mean, Carp was a guy that, I mean, he, he was, he was a great leader. When I look back at my career, one of the guys that I've learned the most from is probably Chris Carpenter, uh, but he did in a way that just scared the crap out of everybody. And, uh, <laughs> And it kept everybody in line, you know, and and he, and and he had a standard, and you better meet his standard, or or you aren't going to be there long. Kyle, you talked about pressure or, or teams pressing. I feel like this Cardinals team is doing that right now. They're they're under pressure, and they are pressing at times. How do you yep. alleviate that? How do you alleviate that from happening when you're in the middle of it? It's hard, right? Like you want to interject and you want to try to be the one to fix it. Uh, there was a game earlier I referenced to to um, somebody you know in the organization. I was watching on TV. It's the ninth inning. And they got a one-run lead. Maybe a two-run lead. Either way, they got a lead in the ninth inning. And before the inning started, the pitching coach made a trip to the mound. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, and it was in a stretch when they were losing a bunch. You know, and it's like, man, that, when when have you ever seen that happen? Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was a pinch hitter, right? And and you're, they're going out to give to give the scouting report. Well, when you're in the bullpen warming up before you come in, you know who the pinch hitter is going to be. I mean, there's no surprise on that. It's like, okay, hey, you're at this hitter. They're probably going to pinch hit so-and-so. And And so you're prepared for that. You've had the meetings. You've done that. And so just that type of thing uh, just – it kind of stood out to me. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a pitching coach run out there to, to, you know, tell the pitcher something before the inning even starts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those types of things start happening. When you're rolling and you're doing good, that stuff's not happening, right? So it's just – you try to interject a little bit uh, maybe too much and – you know, and 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 that's because you're feeling it, right? You're like, we gotta win this, we gotta hold the lead. So, you know, what can we absolutely do to to do it instead of just letting guys go out there and do it? And you know, everybody's trying to figure out, you know, the right solution and the right words to say. And when you're rolling, that nobody ever thinks about that. Well, that kind of leads into what I was going to ask you, Kyle. Back when you were pitching for the Cardinals, was there a pitching philosophy that they had or implemented, and how did you mesh that with your own style of pitching? Yeah, we had a philosophy from the day I was drafted. Dave Duncan had his his philosophy in in the minor league system. So, anchor uh, guy down in the zone, and and so from my first day in Johnson City in 2002, that's what I that's what I learned. And so when I when I got to the big leagues, um, I had, I was already groomed and able to do all the things that Dave Duncan wanted me to do, and that's why I was able to, to not only get to the big leagues but stay there once I got there. Um, and it's so different now. I mean, now it's, and it started transitioning towards the end of my career. You started seeing guys grip forcing fastballs, 
get on their back leg as, and, and drive as hard as they could and throw to the top of the zone. If if it was if I was in today's game, I'd have to figure out how to throw 96 somehow, or <laughs> I would I would make it. Like I wouldn't even be a prospect or have a chance because you know I was a 89, 93 guy at the bottom of the zone with movement. Um, and that that I mean, when I saw Dakota Hudson got sent down because he was throwing 88 to 92 in spring training, and that, they said that's just not going to work here. I was like, oh man, that gives me anxiety. You know, <laughs> like that was that, that was my whole career. You know, I thought sometimes I wish I could throw 88. You know, I was sitting 86, 87 towards the end, but. Um, you know, it's just a different style, different philosophy, and, um, and 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 they have that in the system that guys are working on from the get-go. But for me, it was helpful that, you know, Duncan had his philosophy all the way down to, to rookie ball, and uh, and I was able to work on it for six years until I got to the big leagues. Kyle, one last thing. As of this morning, there have been 23,010 people in history that have donned a major league uniform. You are one of them. Since 1876, there have only been 23,000 of all of the billions of men that have, have walked the earth, and so many fewer than that have won a World Series. What's it like for you to know that you are one of those people? Yeah, that's a crazy stat. You know, like you think about that, that doesn't even fill up what just over half a Bush Stadium. Right. Uh, if you if you take all the guys that, that have played, and um, that's wild. I, I don't know. I don't really have an answer to that. It's a, it's a cool stat. Sometimes you you kind of look back and you're like, you kind of forget. You know, like uh, man, it was so hard um, to get there. And with the draft the other day, somebody was texting me, and I said, you got to realize, percent of these kids are going to make it to the big leagues. Of, that's two. That's two people per draft class. Of that, four percent that makes it. Four percent of that is going to make it to salary arbitration, which is three years or more in the major leagues. I mean, it, the numbers are just mind blowing and and crazy. And so sometimes when you look back at it, you're like, man, I, I can't believe that everything lined up. I was able to make it. I got lucky. Um, you know, there was opportunities that came up here and there that that if I don't have, I, I, I don't ever make it. You know, and. Um, so you, you get lucky, you, you put in the hard work, and when the opportunity comes there, you don't let it go, and, and, and you ride it as long as you can. And, and uh, it's crazy to look back and, and think of those numbers, but I'm thankful for the time. And, and now you know I get to put my time into other kids. And my dream now is that I get to be a part of somebody's, somebody's life or career that, that make it next. You know, And, and I was a, a part of pouring into them and through my kids' teams and, and all the kids that I come around uh, you know, throughout, throughout the season. So... Hopefully I can add to that number in the future. A champion on the field and exquisite a champion off the field as well. Kyle, always good to hear your voice. It's always good to see you. Have a great rest of the summer, and we'll talk soon. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you. That's Kyle McClellan, former Cardinal pitcher on 101 ESPN. On Champions Week, he was a member of the 2011 World Champions.